Um, okay, we have a very interesting topic this morning, um, and the connection to the parsha is as follows. The uh, beginning of the parsha talks about the two Jewish uh, midwives, Shifra and Pua, Yochavan and Miriam, and how they uh, assisted the um, the pregnant women in delivering, and. Uh, they were the predecessors of all future uh, midwives and birthing coaches and so forth. Um, it's interesting that uh, Christian thought used to be that if a woman would have assistance uh, giving birth, it was actually considered heretical. Because uh, the, the Bible says, It's supposed to hurt. So to have any kind of midwife or any kind of assistance or any tool or device or procedure that would make it easy was considered against the Bible. And in fact, um, Lord Emmanuel Sachs writes in his book, A Jewish Medical Ethics, that in France there was a woman who uh, used, uh, used um, a midwife, and the woman who was pregnant, the woman who delivered, and the midwife, they were both executed. They were both executed. Why? It's against the Bible. It's against the Bible. So you would think that, that was, you know, 500 years ago. Well, not until 1949. In 1949, the church reversed its opinion about using anesthesia. Until 1949, it was considered sacrilegious to use anesthesia. It was considered sacrilegious. In 1949, the church, in one of their uh, regular reversals, they uh, allowed the use of anesthesia. Okay? And um, very interesting, in, 19, in the 50s, there was a doctor named Dr. Lamaz, he travels to the Soviet Union and he uh, learns the different breathing techniques that are known as Lamaz, right? So let's start off by seeing what Rav Moshe has to say about Lamaz, okay? <laughs> what this has to do with anything, you know, I'm not sure. But, uh, <laughs> Lamaz, the breathing exercise. I'll tell you, look at number 18. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll start, um, we'll start with the end. Rav Moshe writes, look at number 18, look at number 18. This is, uh, the topic today is going to be about when a woman becomes a nida when, uh, during childbirth. But Rav Moshe was asked the following question. A woman said she doesn't want to use anesthesia, she doesn't want to be put out, she wants to remain awake for the entire birthing process. How is she going to do it? You know, the breathing. He ha, he ha, you know, you know how it goes. So, look at number 18. Okay. So, um, okay, so a woman wants to remain awake. Because she says, How is she going to get by the pain of the, of the childbirth? She'll focus her mind on something else, right? That's the whole concept behind Lamaz. You focus on the breathing, so your mind is focused on breathing and not on the pain. So Rav Moshe says, If they would ask me, I would not recommend using this lamaz. It hurts too much. This lamaz ain't going to help you. It's just a scam. It's a scam. The whole thing is a scam. It's a scam. 
Yeah. Ach, if that's what she wants, if she's already been, you know, brainwashed by common culture that this is what she needs, okay, we'll let her do it. It's not us, sir, but Ramayisha says it's harama ba'alma. It's not something that actually works. Okay. So in any event, we'll begin over there. And that is, we want to talk about the Indian of when a woman gives birth, when does she become a nida? Now, Bechlau, we know that... Um, We'll start something about the parsha. We know that Shifra and Pua, they were rewarded, right, for helping the Jewish uh, women give birth. What was their reward? Vayas lahem batim. And Rashi brings down they were rewarded with what? Bate kahuna, bate levia, bate malchus. Kahuna and levia came from Yechaved, and malchus came from Miriam, half from Miriam, through Kalev. Right? So the question is, you know, why were they rewarded specifically to have uh, Kahuna, Leviya, and Malchus? Why did Hashem specifically give them that reward, that uh, Kahuna, Leviya, and Malchus should come out of them? So the Briskarov explains that what would have happened had Paro been successful in his plan. So you wouldn't have had any Jewish men, right? Why? They would have killed all the boys, but there still would have been Jewish women. Right? So what would have happened? The Jewish women would have married the Mitzrim, producing what? Finding Yidin. Jews. Yeah. So what exactly was Paro looking to abolish? All the institutions in Judaism that follow the father, which are Kuhuna, Levia, and Malchus. So Mida, Keneged Mida, they were rewarded because they restored, they maintained, they upheld Kahuna, Levi, and Malchus, that was the reward. Okay. How come they went, the Levi, uh, not to work? Of course, they were not to work. Of course, they were not to work. Yeah, so um, Yosef already instituted the, the rule. And the Levi were part of the Shiva. The Levi were not part of the Shiva. Not part of the Shiva. Okay. So. So that's, uh, we said we're on the topic of the midwives, wanted to know, when does a woman become Anida during childbirth? Okay. And Bechlau, we're going to talk about, is a husband permitted to be in the room during childbirth? Is he permitted to offer moral support, hold her hand? Well, hold her hand, she's Anida. She's Anida, you can't, uh, you can't have contact with her. So that's the question. Could you assist her into the hospital? These are all questions that arise when during childbirth. And when does she become Anita during childbirth? That's the uh, central issue. When does she become Anita? And we're going to see, well, when are you allowed to be Mechalo Shabbos for a woman who's in childbirth? And is the point that you're allowed to be Mechalo Shabbos for a woman in childbirth the same point that she's considered Anita? Okay, so let's look into this. What, what? In other words... There may be two different criteria. The point that a woman is considered a besakana, to be Mechal Shabbos for her, may be a different halachic point than the point that she becomes Anida in terms of uh, the harchakos Anida. Okay. Now, the first thing we have to understand is that we all know that to have relations with one of the Arayos is an Isser Dairaisa and a Yeharek Yavar. A person has to give up their life. What about other forms of Kreva? That are, not, that are not actual relations, let's say chibuk, nishuk, let's say other forms of affection to an erva, is that an iser dairaisa? Is that included in arayas at sihar yavar? Or is that only an iser drabana? So the Rambam's opinion is, look at number two. The Rambam writes in Hilchas Yisrael, Bia Perik Chaf Aleph, Halacha Aleph, Kol Haba Al Erva Min Arayas Derech Evarim, 
anyone who has relations with an erva, oi, shechibek, or somebody hugs, venishek, or kisses, derech taiva, in an affectionate manner, venene, bekir of basar, or has any kind of pleasure with korva, hareza loike menatar. It's an iser dairais, and you get malchus for it. Okay, so the Rambam's opinion is, not only do you get malchus for, uh, for relations, but any form of korva, if somebody for chibuk, for nishuk, or according to those who maintain that, let's say, shaking a hand, right? That's a topic in and of itself. For those who hold shaking hands is derech korva, and that's, we could discuss at a different occasion. They would say, you get malchus medairais and it's yaharik v'al yavr. It's not derech korva, it's okay? Then, uh, then he, he for it's, is it okay? Uh, uh, not necessarily, but you don't get Malchus Medairaisa. The Rambam's lesson is Derech Taiva. Right? Yeah. So, he says Taiva. 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 If you kiss someone, it's not Taiva. Taiva is a Okay, without getting into specific at this moment, yeah. Derech Taiva means with affection. With affection, yeah. Taiva is uh, desire. 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 Yeah, yeah. Desire. Yeah. The, the, for that you get Malchus. That's the opinion of the Rambam, that not only for the relations themselves, but any sign of korva, any sign of closeness, you get Malchus Midairaisa. Okay? And this comes from the Pasuk, Rabbi Sain Parshas Achrimais, Ish Ish al Kosher Besarai. In other words, the Torah is not just saying the relations themselves are prohibited, but anything that leads to it, whether it's chibuk, whether it's nishuk, or any, fine, any type of korva, that is also an isr dairaisa, and that is included in isr arayas of yehareg v'al yavar. So in other words, according to the Rambam, not only does a person have to give up their life for the relations themselves, but anything that constitutes derech korva is also Yeharik V'al That's the opinion of the Rama. Does everybody agree to this? No. No. Okay, that you should know by now, right? No. This is the opinion of the Rambam. Then the Rambam writes the same thing in the Sefer HaMitzvah, in Loisa Seh Shinnon Gimel number 4, V'HaMitzvah HaShinnon Gimel, He Shehesiranu Mikirov La'achas Mikal Elo Arayos Afilu Beloi Bia. Approaching any of the Arayos, even without Bia, is also in a Siddharaisa. Okay, so here the Rambam does not specify Derech Taiva, but he says any form of Korva is an Siddharaisa, and that's the general understanding of the Rambam. However, if you look at the Magad Mishnah on the Rambam, the Magad Mishnah points out that this is the Rambam's opinion. The Ramban disagrees. The Ramban holds that this Drasha of Leisikravu is only Asmachta Ba'alma, and Chibuk, Nishuk, and all these other types of intimacy are only in Isser Drabana, according to the Ramban. That's what the Magad Mishra writes in number 5. Zed Das Rabbeinu. Ava Ramban Nechlak, all of the Ramban disagrees. Bahasagoy, Shechibra, Asefra, Hamitzlis. Biyamar, and the Ramban holds, Shehadrosh, Azoy, Shebesifreinu, El Asmachta. It is only an illusion. Be'in Bekan Malkus Menatayra. Ela Bebiya Gemura, Oy Bahara. Says the Ramban, only actual relations are Asr Medairaisa. Everything else is in Isser Drabana. By the way, what is the majority opinion in this matter? Most Rishayim agree to the Rambam, that it's an Isra Dairaisa and it's Yiharik V'al Yavan. Okay, that's 
That's mainstream. Allah will see later in the Shulchan Aruch and the Shach. Okay, this is just an introduction. Keep this in mind. That when it comes to Chibok, Nishok, and let's say holding hands, on the one hand you could say, well, uh, that's not really Derech Korva. That's just... Derech Maybe Derech that would be a good way to say it. Right? Or you could say, no. You know, if I'm walking you, with you on the street, we're not holding hands. Otherwise, people are going to think we're nuts, right? You're, holding hands is Derech Korva, right? That case could be made. That debate we, we could perhaps have. But certainly, if you do consider it Derech Korva, according to the Rambam, and most Rishonim would be Nisar Yeah? If a person is in a hospital, and he's handled by a female nurse, and he's been... So we have to see. We have to see. Um, we, we will talk about that today. Um... According uh, right now, it would seem that it might be problematic, uh, unless you say that since it's not derech korva, it's just um, they're not doing it for any type of relationship. They're doing it for a professional cause. So then maybe it would be permitted. We'll see about that. Bottom line is we do it. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Rama writes. He wants to know: Could uh, someone from the opposite gender treat, you know, take a pulse, take blood, and so forth? Um, bottom line is Rama says we do it. We'll have to see why. Okay. Um, okay, so now let's talk about a woman in childbirth. At what point does she become a nida? Because it's very important to know. Because while you may be able to assist uh, a woman into the hospital, if she, um, but once she's considered a nida, you can't help her in. You can't help her in. You're going to have to have someone else help her in. Um, so you say, what do you mean? It's sakanas nefashos. You can't help her out either. Sakanas nefashos. But if you're offering something which will be considered darach korva, Sakanas nefashos is not going to help you because it may be Yeharag Valyavar. Again, if your wife is considered a Nida and the support you're offering her is not just what we call Darach but it's Darach Korva, you're holding your hand in an affectionate manner, even if it is Sakanas nefashos, you may not be allowed to do it. So that's what we have to see. Okay? It's not in an affectionate manner as a lead into something, not at a time like that. So, so the idea of Leisikravu is even if it's not going to lead to it, the, the act of affection in and of itself, according to the Rambam, would be Nisar Dairais. Therefore, if the, if the wife is giving birth and no one is around, just let a... So it depends. It depends. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Okay. Let's, so let's see. At what point does a woman become a Yoyladas? At what point is she, she considered a woman in childbirth, that she becomes a nida. Now, the first thing we have to know, look at number six, a woman who gives birth. Let's say she has a cesarean section, and she doesn't see a drop of blood. She's a nida. She's a nida. She's tame. What is it... What does it mean when it says Yoledes? Does that mean she's in her early Okay, well, we'll have to talk about cesarean later. Don't, that's not halacha lemaisa. But a woman who gives birth, even though she doesn't see dam, she's anida. She's in the process of giving birth? She, she gave, gave birth. birth. She, she gave, gave birth. birth. Yoleda. She gave birth, even though she didn't see dam, she's okay, considered anida. Fine? The baby comes out, yes blood, no blood, she's anida, and uh, like any other anida. Now, at what point does this begin? So we have in the Shulchan Aruch and the Arachayim Simon Shin Lamed, Yoyledes hi kechoyla sheyesh b'sakana. A woman who is in the process of giving birth is considered a choyla 
in danger. In other words, it's not just like she has a little headache or stomach ache. She is a chayla sheyesh by sakana. Umechalin oleha Shabbos. You're allowed to be mechal Shabbos, right? You could, uh, you could make a phone call to the car service, you know, help us go. You could call the Hatzalah. You could turn on the light. You could do any malacha. Lechol ma'ashetzricha, whatever she needs. Karin la chachama. You could call, what's the chachama? The yeah, yeah, You could call the doctor. You could call the midwife. By the way, you know, there's a famous joke. You know the joke? Why is, uh, why is the mid- midwife called Chachama? You know why? <laughs> okay. Anyway, Karin la Chachama. Right, that was a joke, by the way. Karin la Chachama. You call Chachama. Mimakam la Makam from one place to another. And right, she could assist in the birthing process. Uma You could light a, turn on the light. Even though she's blind. So you say, well, why are you turning on the light if the woman's blind? She doesn't. Yeah, but she says, it makes me feel more comfortable if I know the light is on. You can't turn it off, though. Yeah, in other words, your ladder will be Machal Shabbos, even for something she doesn't need clinically. Even for some kind of psychological need that she has, that her attendants have light. You're allowed to be Mechal Shabbos. So again, this is before she gave her? So again, this is, a, this is in the process. Now we're up to in the process. So we'll have to say, see exactly what does it mean to be in the process. And then the Rosh Hashanah says, whatever you could do with the Shinoi, you should try to do with the Shinoi. Okay. Now, let's get down to it. Precisely when does a woman become a Yoladas? When she starts, you know, shopping a lot. You know, in the ninth month, they have the nesting urge. You know, they start buying a lot of plastic bags. When exactly does she become a Yoladas? When, does a, when exactly does she become a Yoladas? So the, the Shulchan gives us three criteria. Yeah? There are three criteria that a woman becomes a Yoladas. Look, in, this is in Archaim, Sim, and Shemamit, Sif Gimel, number eight. Nikrais Yoladas, Achal Aleha Shabbos, Mishatei Shev Al Hamashber. She's sitting on the birthing stool. She gets up onto that thing, right? Ready to. One, she sits on there, she's a Yoladas. What? Contraction? No. 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 Once she's sitting on the birthing yeah. stool, when she's on that bed, when they put her on the bed designated for her to, to give it, yeah. so the contractions would not make a woman your us. A woman starts having contractions, they hurt, she's not in either yet. Even the water broke? Okay, we have to see about the water breaking, okay? So the first thing is, either she's on the mashbash, she's on the birthing stool. Mm-hmm. Right, or in this week's passage, it's called Uri Isen. Right, she's on the birthing stool. Obviously, when the blood is dripping forth, she's a nida. Even though that dam is not dam nida, it's dam uh, taihar. But nevertheless, um, she is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's dam of yoyled. It's not dam taihar, but it's the dam of, of uh, giving birth. So that's the second criteria. Or she can't walk anymore. If she's at the point she can't walk anymore. What is the connection? Now, interesting, I saw that the definition of she can't walk anymore, not because the contractions hurt so much that she can't walk anymore, it's because the position of the baby, the baby is low enough down, the baby's head is low enough down that that's why she can't walk. The fact that the contractions hurt, 
I saw that that would not uh, render her anita. So these are the three criteria. Either she's sitting on the mashbeh, or the blood is dripping forth, or she can't walk anymore. Kivan shenira echem elu. If you see one of these three signs, mechalalin oles hashabbos, you'll have to be mechal hashabbos. Yeah, but the third one is she'd be in the sixth or seventh month also, not be able to walk. But because of the position of the baby? Sure. Sure. Why not? Baby dropped in the sixth or seventh month? Sure. I mean, some of them get birth in the seventh month. I don't know. If the reason why she can't walk is because the baby's head is in the birthing process, which they're not, ain't coming that back, so then maybe Taka, she does become it. These are the three criteria of the Shokhanarch. Comes the Sidre Tahara. Sidre Tahara is one of the uh, classic commentaries on Hilchah Nida. And he says, Lav Davka. Lav Davka, that she has to be sitting on the birthing stool to render her Nida. Nearly the Lav Davka ba'isa shah, she yashva Lav Davka, at that moment, she's sitting on the birthing stool. Elamiyad she'achzuha tzirim, bechevle leida. As soon as the contractions are start, starting, and she says, okay, let me call the doctor. Umevakeshes lahavi lechachama, the husband has to be careful. Oh. So the Sidre Tahara is being uh, revealing to us that what's the, the, the Nakuda of these three things? The dam, the sitting on the birthing stool, the fact that she can't walk, all these three things indicate the kever has opened up, the womb has opened up. And we have a rule, Ein psichas dam. Once the womb opens up, Blood comes out. Whether you see the blood or you don't see the blood, that's a klal in the Gemara. Once the kever opens up, there's dam. So says the Sidre Tara, you don't need her to actually be sitting on the birthing stool. When she feels enough pain that she says, call the doctor, she's a nida. That's the opinion of the Sidre Tara. As long as she is close enough to the birth, if she feels she needs to sit, even though she's not actually sitting, she's a nida. And we need to be concerned that had she had the doctor there, the doctor would say, quick, sit down. So even if she's not actually sitting on the mashmer, if she feels enough pain that she would have to call the doctor, she is Anita, according to the Sidre Tahara. Says the Sidre Tahara, what if she feels the need to sit, and then an hour later she says, I'm alright. Yeah, I'm alright. And she gets back up. So he says, you don't have to worry about it. It was obviously a mistake, and you don't have to worry for Psichas HaKever. Obviously what? It was a false alarm. And she's not. And she's not. Says the Chavostas, Who's the Chavostas? Chavostas is one of the uh, extremely important commentaries on Hilchas Nida, written by the Nesivas, the Nesivas HaMishpat, um, the Plukta of the Ketzeis HaChoyshen, the Nesivas HaMishpat. <laughs> so he writes an amazing thing. He quotes, B'tshuvas Nun Shin. Now what's the Tshuvas Nun Shin? I think the Tshuvas Nun Shin is Nasan Shapira, the Megala Amukais. Megala Amukais, besides being a Makobal, was also, right, Rev Nasan Shapira, right? Um, was also a big Paisik. And uh, I'll tell you why I think it's him. We'll see you later on in the Tshuva Me'ava. 
The Chuvas Rav Nassim Shapiro writes, "Paisik be isha sheyasha lamajru paska chavalim v'tzirayim the three chazayin nikiim." The Rav Nassim Shapiro paskins a woman who sits on the birthing stool and then she says, "Never mind," and she gets up. He says, "She's Anida. We don't believe in the false alarm. She's Anida. I she doesn't give birth to three months later. Doesn't matter. She's Anida." That's the psaq of Rav Nassim Shmuel. Because the Gemara says in Shabbos, when are you mechal of Shabbos? From the time she sits down on the birthing stone. Right? Because the Gemara says, when are you mechal of Shabbos? From the Psicha Sakever. And the Gemara says, when is Psicha Sakever? When she sits down on the Majmer. And we know, E.F. Shal Psicha Sakever Leidam. What does the Chavostas say? Ulaniyas daiti loy nerakein. Says the Chavostas, I disagree with that. Why? We know, excuse me, not like I said before, a woman who has a cesarean section is not a nida. You hear that? A woman who has a, a cesarean section is not a nida. I asked the Chavostas, but what do you mean? She sat down on the birthing stool, and if according to the Gemara, if you sit down on the birthing stool, you're automatically a nida. So granted, no blood came out. Granted, the baby came out from her stomach, from the Yotzei Doifen. But still, she should be a nida. But what does it mean? So the Chavostas tells us a tremendous klal. You ready for this? The din that ain't psichas hakever v'loidam. Right? We have a rule. That the womb will never open up without emanating blood. It's not true. It's not true. You know what the rule is? The womb will never open up and something come out of it without that thing coming out of it having blood in it. In other words, you know what the Gemara means? That if the womb opens up and a piece comes out, even though you don't see any dam in that piece, there's dam there. But there's no such rule that the womb cannot open up and not let out blood, it could. A womb could. In other words, the Gemara says that from the time the woman sits down in the birthing stool, her kever will open up. Says the Chavostas, but that doesn't mean that blood will definitely come out. The rule of the Gemara is like this. The womb will never open up and some busser come out without dam. But it is possible for the womb to open up without dam. If okay? nothing comes out. <coughs> if nothing comes out. Now, let's read that inside. Look on the fourth line over here. Is it talking over there that she didn't sit down on the Majra at all? You know what the Gemara means that the Kever cannot open up without Dam? It means like this. If something substantial comes out of the kever and the kever is opening up that much to allow something substantial to come out, then dam has to come out. But it doesn't mean if the kever opens up a tiny bit, that dam will have to come out. Now this is a very important chiddush. But is it, if something not sus- suspension... Uh, For example, like you asked earlier, let's talk about like what you mentioned earlier. Often before labor, what's, what happens? <coughs> the water breaks. So if the water breaks, is she a nida? No. If the woman's water breaks, is she a nida? No, it's not done. So what would we say? The Sidre Tahara may say, maybe yeah. So the Shasa Chuvas, Chuva Meyahava. Who's the Shasa Chuvas, Chuva Meyahava? Rabbi Lazar Flakless, who is the Talmud Muvak, the primary disciple of the Noida Behuda. And he writes, 
the same Chiddush as the Chavos Das, look what he quotes. Look. Right? A woman, she had contractions. The Savra Shigia Eislivta, she thought it's time to give birth. The Shalcha Achar Hamialades. Kvarda Diberimi Bezehamanoch, Agamarinarab, Mayor Fishless, Zechazang Lavracha. The Haresi Laheter. I pass in its mutter. Yeah? In other words, she thought she had to give birth, and then she gets up again. Where? 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 Once she sits down, the fifth of all, it's a chazuhu, a chazuha. Uh-huh. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. He makes believe he feels it, right? He says, He says, He says, He says, He says, He says, What do we need all of these uh, newfangled chumros for? Ubal nunshin. Now, who do we say the nunshin was, right? We don't listen to him or his dreams. So it seems like he's talking about somebody who must have been a big makobal. Yeah? So I think that's who he's referring to. Who cares if this is the beginning of the Psychas HaKever? Gush! The din that aim psichas dam is only is only if a a substantive a, a something gush mamoshes comes out, right? Kamei vlad or chaticha koshino dak kishvaferes dak shal kashan amino devali yatsigam damimai. Avo psichas akever levad if the kever just opens up by itself let's make a davar gush layamu shiav shablay dam. Ah, and then he says. Look four lines from the end. If nothing comes out, or something very fine comes out, or if the water starts to come out, we don't say this rule. Yeah? So the Shal Sechuvah Shuvah Me'ahava seems to be saying that if the woman's water breaks, she's not Anida. She's not Anida. Now, how do we paskin? Look at number 12. This is from the uh, Nishmas Avram, Dr. A- right? Dr. Abraham. He writes the following. He says, He says, When the, water's, when the woman's water breaks, Even though you're allowed to be Mechal Shabbos at that time. Right? From the time that a woman's water breaks, you're allowed to be Mechal Shabbos. You can make a phone call. You could turn on the light. But, she's not Anida. Now she should do a Badika. If her water breaks, let her do a badika to make sure there's no dam. But if she doesn't find dam, she's tahar. Why? Why is she tahar? So again, Nishas Avram is saying that this chiddush of the tshuva me'ava, this is not his own chiddush, this is the chiddush of his rebbe, the noy de bihuda. He says, Okay. Says the Nishma Savram, we know the Nishma Savram was very close with Rav Shalom Zaman Orbach, he wrote many letters to him. Says the Nishma Savram, that's exactly what Rav Shalom Zaman told me also. That from the time the woman's water breaks, she is not a Nida. Rav Shalom Zaman Orbach, Rav Shalom Zaman Orbach, 
New word, Shlita? Yeah, he's uh, one of the one of the Paiskim in uh, yeah. He says like this. Gambar she is a common Hashem Yeshuri. That's why I'm like Hashem Tzirale. There are many women. The water break having nothing to do with the labor. Okay. Then he talks about Lamais. If the water breaks, it's uh, it's it could be serious. Because if the water level in the uh, amniotic sac and in that area is uh, diminishing, it could be uh, dangerous for the baby. Okay. So therefore, Shama Zaman says, Lamaisa, we do rely on the psak of the Shasa Chuvas Chuva Meava, that from the time the water breaks, she is not Anita. Okay. So now let's talk about the following question. Let's say. Dam. Let's say there's Dam. Dam comes out, or the baby's low enough she can't walk, or she's on the mashbar. Let's say she's a halachic nida. Can the husband come in and offer moral support? Now, if he wants to say, go, 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 you know, that's one thing. That he could do. Why not? But is he allowed to offer moral support in the form of physical contact? So we say, no, how can he? She's a nida. She's a nida. But on the other hand, we have a concept, and this concept is of Tiruf Hadas. And Tiruf Hadas means if you have a patient, and the patient, if you don't provide them a certain service, they psychologically, they may not be able to handle the situation. That is cause to be lenient regarding certain halacha. So for instance, we have a, a shail over here, number 13, in the Shah Minchas Yitzchak, he wants to know, you have a guy... Nebuch, he's in the hospital and he has a certain kind of disease that whatever you bring into uh, his room, they have to burn, right? Unfortunately, right, there are certain diseases. He's uh, a leaper or some, he has some kind of uh, contagious disease that anything he comes into contact with, you're going to have to destroy. He says, I need a pair of tefillin. So what you can do? You give him a pair of tefillin? They're going to burn it. So you're causing tefillin to be burnt. But on the other hand, well, what's, what's going to be with this guy? If you tell this guy, sorry, I can't give you tefillin, he's going to have chalisha sadas, because he's going to remember the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah that says, karkafta munach tefillin, stay in Gehenim forever. There, he's never coming out of the Gehenim. So he's not going to realize he's an oinus, you know, he can, Hashem will excuse him. He's just going to, he's going to have a nervous breakdown if he doesn't have a pair of tefillin. So, perhaps, it should be permitted to uh, send him in a pair of tefillin, because this may cause him, uh, if you don't give him the tefillin, it may cause him to, to become uh, crazy. He may become so uh, demoralized by the fact he doesn't have tefillin that it may affect him physically. So this is a, What? Yeah, what is possible? So he's going to make a brachal of atala then. You're going to be you know, causing... Okay. So... Um, <coughs> Interesting. So we have a tshuva over here. So Diane Weiss writes over here that at first, you know, it should definitely be prohibited to offer him a pair of tefillin. But he writes in Oispeiz, in number 13, that a certain Talmud Chacham uh, pointed out to him that isn't it possible, he says, that if by refraining from giving him tefillin, you could cause tsar to the chayla, shenafshe agumalav, because he's going to be depressed. Here you have a God-fearing person. He doesn't want to consider himself one of those people, a body, a head, 
an item that doesn't have tefillin. Chalisha sadas kazutu chalifal gamken chalishas behabriya shalachayla. This could cause a real, um, a, a downward spiral on the health of the chayla. So maybe you could be makel to bring him tefillin. And the person who asked the minchas, the minchas Yitzhak said, and I asked the question to somebody by the name of Ha'admer Milavavish, and he told me I could do it. <laughs> so the minchas Yitzhak said, okay, that's a good point. It's a good point. We do find that because of the concept of Tiruf Hadas, we do have certain leniencies. For example, if you have someone on their deathbed, and they're about to die, and they want to give over certain items to their relatives. So even though technically speaking, you're now to make a Kenyan on Shabbos, we do make a Kenyan for Shchiv Meirah on Shabbos. Why? Because we don't want the person to become demoralized that he can't give over certain items to his loved ones. So the Allah, the Gemara says in Baba Basra is, you're allowed to make a Kenyan on Shabbos for Shchiv Meirah. And even for something that is not really needed for the health of the sick person. For instance, well, like we, we read in the Shulchan Aruch and Simon Shin Lamed, right? Let's say a woman says, I need you to turn on the light. And we say, what, what do you need us to turn on the light for? And we say to her, you're blind. You don't know if the light is turned on. She says, no, no, no. It just makes me feel more comfortable if the light is on. Now, is turning on the light clinically improving the situation of the woman? Of course not. But psychologically, she feels more comfortable if the light is on. So the halacha is, you're allowed to turn on the light. Well, even though, her, what? You could tell her that you turned on the light without turning it on. Oh, you want to say you... T- <laughs> she, she would know anyway. Yeah, okay, if you could get away with it. But, you know? So, so, that, the halach, so perhaps then, so the Diane White says, perhaps taka for this sick person, who you're going to have to burn the tefillin, it would be permitted to send in a pair of tefillin to this person, even though, unfortunately, it's going to meet uh, a uh, disrespectful fate. So we have to investigate a little bit, is it permitted to offer moral support to a woman if she claims she needs it for her psychological and emotional well-being? Okay. So let's take a look in uh, Yaradeya, Simon Kuf Tzadihei. A husband who's a doctor, and he uh, takes the pulse of the, his patients, can he t- take the pulse of his wife, who is Anida? Well, by a wife who's a nida, it may be more, uh, for instance, you're allowed to pass things to other women, but you can't pass things to your wife who's a nida. Why? Because we have to make more of a boundary, because since she's your wife, it may lead. So that's the question. Can a husband take, treat his wife who is a nida in a professional manner? <laughs> Says the Shulchan Aruch. When she's a nida. No. No. When she's a nida. When she's a nida. Shulchan Aruch says no. In Baila Raifei, if a husband is a doctor, look at number 14, Halacha Yedzain, Asr Lamashish Lahadefek. What does that mean, Asr Lamashish Lahadefek? Check the pulse. You can't. can't draw bl- you can't, you can't uh, have, treat her professionally. Says the Ramah, that's for the Sparadim. What about for the Ashkenazim? Based on what I wrote, that Heter, I wrote a dispensation. If she needs him, right, we said earlier that if a woman 
the woman is in a sakana, the Hanoigen had him tzrichaylov. The Meshamish law that he could serve for Koshke and the Mutzel Lamashish law had defek. In Amroy Feyachif, there's no other doctor. Utzrichaylov. And she needs him. Viyesh sakana becholya. And her life is in danger. So listen to this. Says Ramel, let me give you a big heter. If the woman can't find another doctor and her life is on the line, the husband could take the pulse. What does the Mechaber hold? That even if the woman's life is on the line and the, hum, the husband is needed to save her life and if he's good, the only way to save her life is to take her pulse, cannot do it, says the Shulchan Aruch. The Ramah says, if her life is on the line, he could do it. What about assisting her in the birth itself? That's more than negative pulse. So, yeah, so then... The Shulchan is saying, let it die? Yeah, that's what the Shulchan Aruch is saying, yes. Yeah, so the question is, how, how could that sound? That sounds uh, a little extreme. Is it the, this yeah. is the pulse, but if you give the blood pressure, it's okay. Without touching her at all? Maybe, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. One second, so the Shulchan Aruch says, listen, Shulchan Aruch says, that even if the woman's life is on the line, the husband cannot treat her professionally. The Ramah says if her life is on the line, he can treat her professionally. Rabbi Sai, what would you say this machlekes is based upon? Touching by hand. Machlekes is the machlekes we had in the beginning of the year. Whether other forms of affection that are not actual relations, is that an Isr Dai Raisa or is that an Isr the Shulchan Aruch is going like the Shita of the Rambam, that even not only relations, but even Chibuk, Nishuk, or other forms of affection are an Isser Dairais. Now, Isser Dairais means Gilea Rais. Gilea Rais means you can't even save someone's life to, to, um, to be involved with it. And that's why the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, that even though the husband is a doctor and he's treating her professionally, he can't take her pulse. And the Ramah seems to be Paskining like who? Like the Ramban. Like the Ramban. That it's only in a Sudrabana, and therefore Bamakam Sakanas Nafashos, it's Mutter. So that's exactly what the Shach says for starters. Take a look in the Shach number 15. If the Chayla is in a Sakana, and there are no doctors, it would appear from the Ramban, so then the Shach says, yeah, very nice, the Ramban says it would be permitted, because the Ramban is going with Shitase, that regular Korva is only in a Sudrabana. He's going according to his opinion this really. But the Rambam's opinion, that touching an erva is awesome in You hear this? According to the Rambam, to touch an erva, even though it's going to mean saving their life, can't do it. According to the Rambam, if you need to rescue someone, and that means touching an erva, can't do it. For starters, the Rambam would say, you could do it. The Rambam would say, you can't do it. Comes the Shach, and the Shach says, not so fast. Really, I'll tell you, right, the way we're learning right now, the Ramah, who says that a doctor is allowed to treat his wife who is Anida, right? That's what Ramah says. We're learning the Ramah is going according to the Shita of who? Ramban. Ramban. 
Says the Shach, no. I'll tell you the Ramah agrees to the Ramam. That really affection to an erva is an Isra Dairais and you have to give your life. But says Ramah, taking the pulse is not affection. That's not Korva, which is affectionate. That's Korva, which is not, that's professional. So the reason why the Ramah permits it is not because he holds like the Ramban, that touching or that hugging or kissing is only Nisad Rabbana. No, really he holds it's Nisad Raisa. But what's Pshan the Ramah? The Pshan the Ramah is you're not doing it Derech Chiba, you're not doing it Derech Ava. And that's why the Ramah, Paskins Halacha Lamaisa, to take the pulse, is permitted not because he's lenient regarding Hachakais, that it's only Nisad Rabbana. He holds Hachakais as Nisad Raisa. This is not korva. This is very important. He says. So that's that's debatable, right? Yeah, it depends, right? It's certainly taking a pulse is not chiba, but to give a handshake. You meet someone. How do you do? That's that's That is a discussion, right? Vei nira, vei nira. Says the Shach, this is not how to explain Machlekes Machaber um, Rama. Devadai Afla Harambam Leker Isadai Raisa Ela Kisha Oisa Kain Derech Taiva Vichivas Bia. According to the Rambam, the Isser of Harchakos is only when it's Derech Taiva Vichivas Bia. Mashein Kain Hacha. V'chein, that's what the Ramah concludes, V'chein ha-mina kapashit, sh'aroifim Yisraelim m'mashmishin ha-dafek sh'al-isha afilu eishasish, o'yavayiz k'chavim, af-al-pi sh'yeshroifim ha-cherim, o'yavayiz k'chavim. That's why Halach HaLamayis Ramah says, a doctor will take the pulse of a woman, or his wife when she's a nida, or another woman, even when there are other doctors. Why? Because it's not negiyah derech taiva, it's just regular negiyah, which if there's a need for, it would be permitted according to the Ramah. Now, I don't know if the Sephardim rely on this Ramah. I have a feeling they may. Do, do, right? Do, do the Sephardim see, the, do the Sephardim, uh, see uh, doctors of the opposite? I don't know. I can't answer that. I think the Minog the Pasha that the Shach says is that um, to rely on this Psaq of the Ramah. So this, therefore, comes at halach l'maisa, that even though the Shulchan Aruch seems to say that even Nigiyah, which is not derech, taiva, perhaps would be yeharik ve'al-yavr, the Ramah disagrees with that. So what would you say about a husband who is in the hospital room and he wants to offer moral support? Would that be permitted? So the question is, what is he doing? If he's offering an affectionate type of support, no, he certainly cannot do that. Not according to anybody. What about if you know, she she needs to squeeze him, you know, because she's screaming. You know that you have to leave to the paiskim to decide: is that darachiba or is that is that professional? I don't know, I'm not going to... Why to him and not to the chair? Because it's Yeah. Look, uh, I, right, exactly. Well, why don't we, you know, let the janitor come in. Let her squeeze the janitor's neck. No, no, I, won't. I have to hold my husband's hand. Why my husband? It offers... What? It offers their comfort. So, so you know, that, that we have to decide, that we have to come to a proper conclusion. Is that derachiba? If it's derachiba, it would not be permitted. If it's not derachiba, then if it's considered professional, you know, if she says, okay, 
uh, you know, either your hand or, or the janitor's hand, so then maybe tackle, you could squeeze the, the, the husband's hand. Fine. What about, would it be permitted with a glove? Yeah. It's machinery. It would be permitted with a glove. So the, um, the Shayel, look at number 16. The Shayel to Dayan Weiss, he wants to say like this. That the Ramah, remember the Ramah gave a heter that, a, that a, a man is allowed to take the pulse of a woman because it's not considered Nagia Darach Taiva. So the um, Peschei Tshuva brings down from the Makar Chayim, you know what, you're better off doing it through a cloth. So um, somebody writes to um, Dayan Weiss, to the Minchas Yitzchak, Dayan Grosnas, and he wants to say, well, if the Peschei Tshuva says that even though the Ramah gives a heter, you should use a cloth to take the pulse, so maybe I'll let a husband go into the delivery room and we'll let them hold hands if he's wearing a glove. So Diane White says that well, one thing has nothing to do with the other. When it comes to taking a pulse, that is certainly professional. And the Ramah said you don't need to wear a glove. So the Peschei Tshuva says, you know what, let's make things even better. L'Ravcha Demilsa, wear a glove. But where something is usher because it might be derechiba, says Diane Weiss. In other words, Diane Weiss holds holding hands is derechiba. Wearing a glove does absolutely nothing. You let it go over a woman, hold her hand because you're wearing a glove. Of course not. It does. It's not a din in you know um, skin to skin. That makes absolutely no difference at all. The definition of negia, the definition of touching, is not specific direct contact. It's not a din in mechitza. It's not a din in, in chatzitza. Right? Oh, there's a band-aid, so it's mutter. There's no din chatzitza. Negia means ayidei davar acha. That's also negia. That's also negia. So therefore, Dayan Weiss says, the fact that the Peschei Tshuva adds that when, you, when a doctor takes the pulse of a woman, it's better to do it through a cloth, that's because meikar hadin, it's mutter. So the Rav Chadamilsa, a cloth helps. But Dayan Weiss says, if something is considered derechiva, a cloth is not going to do anything. So bottom line, is a husband allowed to be in the room? So Dayan Weiss mm. writes, in number 17, in Chela Chesim and Lamed, he says, no, if you ask me, I would not allow it. Why? Because, first of all, according to Dayan Weiss, you can't have Nagia. You can't have Nagia even through a glove. And he can't even look at her, he can't, right? When the baby is coming out, there are parts of her which he's not to look at. So what are we going to tell him? Go in there, be in the room, but stake your head in the corner. It's not going to happen. He's going to, he's going to look at something. He's not authorized, not halakhically allowed to look at. So Dayan Wai says, I can authorize. He says like this, look at number 17. When they asked me at this, I'm at the last I said, you can't do it. Unless her life is on the line. That if he's not going to be in the room, you know, she's besakonas nefashos. Says if I matter this, even though technically there would be nothing wrong if the guy came in the room, put a bag over his head, and stayed there. But it's not going to happen. Because he's going to want to offer support, and he's going to be in a situation where he's looking at something he's not to look at. By the way, Diane Weiss says, they're not the conclusion yet, but Diane Weiss says, you know, this idea with the, with the guy who wants to wear the tefillin, we're afraid of tear of hadas, he says, don't consider... Don't mix it up with kalos hadash, hadas. What's kalos hadash? He said, you know, the Gemara tells nashim daitan kalos. He says, the fact that a woman says, I need you to be here, that doesn't mean tear of hadas. The fact that a woman expresses a certain need doesn't necessarily mean if she doesn't have it, 
she's clinically, something bad is going to happen. She's in a moment of weakness and she expresses her need, but don't confuse Tirufadat with Kasadat. And Diane Weiss's conclusion is the husband shouldn't be there. However, Rav Moshe Feinstein Paskins in Yaradeya Chelek Be'ez Simenayin Hey, Rav Moshe says uh, he doesn't see a problem if the husband is there. He doesn't feel there's anything wrong if the husband is there. You stand by the head, not by the Yeah, that's right. You, you always stand anyway. You're, you're yeah, you stand in the front, right? You stand in the, at the head. Right? Look, he says over here, the last paragraph, if the husband could be there, everybody knows today it's very important to have an advocate in the hospital, right? Because, you know, so they don't think, you know, instead of delivering a baby, they don't think it's an appendix or something, right? Everybody knows that if somebody's being treated in the hospital, it's my, it could be mamish sakonis nefashas if they don't have an advocate there making sure things go right. So Moshe says, Right, v'gam lechazek I saw the purpose of him being there is to offer moral support. Ola ametz liba, he neim yesh sarich if there's a need. Any loyesser, I don't see a problem. Somebody says I don't see a problem if the husband is there. That polite sarich, and even if she doesn't need it, even if she says, you know, the husband says, you know, oh, if you need me to be there, I'll be there for you. She says, I don't need you. <laughs> right, but even so, even if she says, you know, it's okay, you go home, make sure the house is clean when I get home. Right? Even if she says that, he's still allowed to be there, Rav Moshe says. But, right, you can't look at the baby coming out. You're not to look at the child coming out. While she's a nida, you're not to look at those parts of the body that are usually covered. And the makam torfa itself, oisai makam itself, you're never allowed to look at. Ha'asar tahara. So if Ramosha says if he's going to be careful not to look, he could be there. What about if he wants to look through a mirror? Also not good. Can't can't look. So Ramosha, I guess, has more more confidence that people will be able to be there and not violate the halacha. So Ramosha says mutter. Ramosha says mutter. Rav Hankin writes on this. Hector of Rav Moshe. Now, this is not Rav Hankin, Rav Elio Hankin. This is Rav Hankin's grandson, um, Shasa Chuvas B'nai Banim. Rav Hankin has a grandson who wrote, I think, the Shasa Chuvas B'nai Banim. He writes, one, two, three, four. What? The chronology was wrong. It would be Rav Hankin first and then Rav Hankin. Yeah, so look at the Nishma Savram brings down that um, Rav Hankin writes, that don't make Rav Moshe's heter uh, across the board heter. Rav Moshe meant to say that if there's a reason for the husband to be there, he should be there. And only someone who definitely is, will be careful not to violate those things he's not allowed to do, only such a person is allowed to be there. If the woman's afraid, right? In other words, Rav Henkin is saying Rav Moshe only meant it if there's a need, if the woman needs it. Very uh, probably in most cases the woman does need it, but you have to. The point is that this is a serious issue because the person can p- potentially violate isurim. So therefore, he says, yeah, a person has to make sure he is going to be careful. But then he writes like this: those hospitals that forbid the husband to be there or forbid a midwife to be there, yeah. He says, But The rabbis are not happy with these hospitals. He says, It's almost karav l'shvichas damim. To say, to make a rule, 
the husband can't come, that could be demoralizing. Because even if the husband is not there, at least she knows he could be there if she needs him. But to say, to say, to make a rule, to make a halacha, he's not allowed to be there, that's like bloodshed, he said. That's close to bloodshed. But then he says like this, what if you're in some of these hospitals, you know, where you have eight women in the same room and you just divide it off by curtains, right? And now this woman wants her husband to be there, but the other seven women who are crying their lungs out, they don't need this guy, this guy standing there. They don't want him there. You know, they want to scream without, without being embarrassed. So in that case, just because he wants to comfort his own wife, he's not to uh, make the other women be uncomfortable. Okay, but then he says, uh, we'll end off with something that's very interesting. He quotes from the Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach. He says, nowadays, you know, you have a lot of different situations where women say, oh yeah, I need this, I need this, and if I don't have it, I'm going to go, I'm going to become crazy. Right? They have a lot of different needs. So how do we know? How do we know? That's what he's saying. I don't know from... How do we know which types of emotional needs we're allowed to recognize? <laughs> What? You said it, right? <laughs> which type of emotional needs do we consider halachically and which ones do we not? So he says like this. He, he writes on the bottom from Shom Zaman Orbach. He says, Not every need is a need. You know, let's say a woman says, When I give birth, I want there to be 50 roses and I want a whole bouquet of balloons, right? And, but it's Shabbos, where are you going to get it from? I need it, go get it quickly. Why is it different than a woman who says, a woman who's blind says, I need you to turn on the light. I mean, what needs are valid needs? What needs are not? Every woman has her needs, right? So if Shama Zaman says the rule is like this. Something that is already accepted, that this is something that people need. Right? Something that's halachically recognized as a need. Let's say a suma, someone who's blind. Or someone who says he has heartache. So... It doesn't matter. If they say they need something, all bets are off. You're allowed to be Mechal Shabbos for that. Right? But some type of things, we don't have any official standard that these are things that people need. You know, just because the modern trends or the, you know, it's in vogue to need certain things, those type of things are not halachically recognized. He says, A woman says, you know, she needs to go on a three-month vacation on Shabbos. Yeah, but, uh, you know, halacha doesn't recognize that particular need. The fact that she claims she needs that, that's not halachically recognized. Some kind of modern, invented need, you're not, not only you're not to be mechal Shabbos, you're not to violate an Esr Drabanan. All of a sudden, you know, a woman says, turn on the, I need to hear music while I'm giving birth. Music? Who ever heard that a woman needs music when she's getting birth? But she says she needs, she said, if I don't, if I don't have music, that's it. I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to buy another pair of shoes if you, don't pay, if you don't play music for me. So then, the halach is we don't recognize that need. And uh, it's only something that has a long-standing uh, acceptability. Let's say the woman says, I need you to hold my hand. We don't find in halacha that if you don't hold someone's hand, you know, they're going to have, uh, you know, they're going to be demoralized. So this is not something halachically recognized. So unless we know for sure that this is a specific case where, where, um, where she needs it, otherwise a person should avoid it. Have a wonderful